0: And our final segment, let's have a little fun, for starters anyway, with some good stuff from our good friends. I think we can say that uh, at the Bathroom Readers Institute. Gordon, Uncle John, Jabna's done it again. This is actually a couple years old, I think, with the 22nd edition of the series, The Endlessly Engrossing Bathroom Reader, from which I shall pull some curious selections, starting with... If you ordered a cafe latte in Italy, you'd get a cup of coffee with some milk in it. Because in Italian, it literally means coffee with milk. You wouldn't get espresso combined with steamed milk. That's an American latte, a variation on cappuccino that was created in 1959 in Berkeley. Apparently, Lino Mayorine... Owner of Café Mediterranean came up with it when customers who were unfamiliar with Italian coffee drinks ordered a cappuccino and, disliking the strong taste, asked for extra milk. Mayorine served his first lattes in bowls and pint glasses. And speaking of beverages, the official state beverage of Indiana is water. Which, if you think about it, is probably an improvement over Nebraska's official state beverage, which is Kool-Aid. And sorry to say we do not know the official state beverage of Texas, but we do know that the official vehicle of Texas is the chuck wagon. And as bad as that sounds, we can do it worse. Apparently, up in Washington state, the legislature took time to designate the official state rock song of Washington as Louie Louie. Boy, that, that might be the all-time earworm, wouldn't you say? Stat we love from the book. The IRS admits that one in five people who call their helpline get the wrong answer to their question. <laughs> Anecdote from the book we cannot resist. Apparently Orlando Bethel, a preacher from Loxley, Alabama, was scheduled to sing at the June two thousand and two funeral of Lish Taylor, his wife's uncle. I guess he was Uncle Lish. Go figure. Anyway, before he began singing, however, Bethel wanted to say a few words about the departed, which he did. He noted that he was a drunkard and a fornicator and was now burning in hell. Bethel uh, never got to sing. The mourners then attacked him, beat him up, and threw him out of the church. Reverend Bethel later claimed that the Holy Ghost instructed him to speak out, And added (laughs) that the angry mourners were whoremongers. And no, we don't know if he's enrolled in any anger management courses. Here's an ironic item we missed. Back in July 2008, when California didn't have enough money to pay all of its state employees, our governor, the Terminator governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, laid off 10,000 workers. A week later, state controller John Chang discovered that the money-saving expenditures couldn't be applied to state payroll records because the system was written on an old computer language called COBOL, COBOL, and the only state employees who knew how to use it were the ones who had just been fired. And although we confess to being disappointed with Barack Obama on this program, there is a moment when we think back of his predecessor and, and are relieved that he is actually our president because, among other things, George W. Bush's Attorney General, Alberto Gonzalez, actually testified to the following to the U.S. Congress. And I quote, President Washington, President Lincoln, and President Roosevelt have all authorized electronic surveillance on a far broader scale. And no, no, we are positive. We are absolutely positive that Presidents Washington and Lincoln did not order electronic surveillance at all. And finally, we have the following story, which I think we will quote in its entirety. In 2009, 42-year-old Dave Chapman was doing a load of laundry at a friend's house in Waiopo, New Zealand. That evening, thinking his friend had put his laundry in the dryer earlier, Chapman went to the laundry room to change. Quote, by then I'd had a fair bit to drink, he later said. Chapman removed all his clothes except his t-shirt and then looked inside the front-loading dryer for a clean pair of underwear. He couldn't find any, so he stuck his head in. Still no underwear, so he climbed in even further, past his shoulders, and got stuck. As the dryer was still warm, Chapman started thrashing about but couldn't get out. He did manage to dislodge the... (laughs) from being on top of the washer, however, and dryer and drunken man crashed down onto the floor. His friends then rushed in but were unable to free him, due in part to the fact that they couldn't stop laughing. So they called for help. A few minutes later, rescue personnel arrived to free the half-naked man whom they described as, quote, agitated, unquote. Reportedly, it took two firefighters to hold onto the dryer and two more firefighters to pull Chapman out by his legs. He was bruised and had some mild burns, but was otherwise okay. Notes Uncle John's bathroom reader. Only then did he find out that his underwear was still in the washing machine. And no, we, we have no way of knowing whether this was a Maytag, but we're pretty sure in New Zealand if it was... That repairman was not the loneliest guy in town. You know, looking back on this year, there's a few miscellaneous items we probably want to kick around. Because on a planet with 7 billion souls on it, some goofy stuff is inevitable. Like this item. Some point this past year, I'm not quite sure when, a crowded Indian train traveled 600 miles in the wrong direction before furious passengers alerted the conductor. Apparently, the train left... Tirupati and was supposed to pass through Bhubaneswar and terminate in Varnasi, but instead it chugged into Warangal, where more than 1,000 passengers <laughs> finally realized they were in the wrong region of India entirely. <laughs> and one passenger, though the journey was agonizing, we thank our stars the train did not run into another train. Good point. You can bet we're going to be talking quite a bit about China in the upcoming year. How can you resist when the following is a real story? At the Foxconn factories in China where iPhones and iPads are made, at least 14 workers have committed suicide because of brutal work and living conditions. So you might ask, what did Foxconn respond by requiring its 500,000 employees to do? Well, apparently they were forced to sign a pledge that they wouldn't kill themselves. India and China, nations that aspire to be world leaders. Well, that about does it for today's program. There'll be plenty more in 2012, including show number 500. Our thanks to our good pal Dr. Andy Jones of Dr. Andy's Poetry and Technology Hour. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. Me? Well, I'm your host, Douglas Everett. We'll talk to you next in 2012, and believe you me, this is going to be a good year. You heard it here first. And this, of course, would be a good time to make that New Year's resolution to give up smoking. And looking back for one final quote with which to close this show and year of shows, I think we'll go with Wilson Misner, who once said, I respect faith, but doubt is what gets you an education. On that note, we'll say goodbye to you, end of the year 2011. Happy New Year, we'll see you in 2012.